Welcome to episode 50 of Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. That's right, 50 episodes, technically 53, but three of those are rebroadcasts or best-of episodes, so they don't count. This one's number 50, I'm calling it. And who better to feature on Get Up in the Cool's 50th episode than Trisha Spencer and Howard Raines, experts in the field of traditional Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas fiddle tunes. Fantastic visual artists, and uh, perhaps all-time's cutest couple? Like, they've got to be up there in the rankings, if not at the top. Before we get started, uh, I want to make a few shout-outs. First of all, thanks to the boys at Hamlin Street Diner for letting me interview Trisha and Howard before their set. They're very hospitable, their venue is so cozy, and they host a mean post-show jam. I mean, welcoming. Mean in the vernacular sense. Uh, if you live anywhere near D.C. or even plan on passing through, make sure you're following them on Facebook so you know who's playing. They're awesome curators and supporters of traditional music. I can't wait to go back. Also, it was really neat to play some music from Oklahoma because that's where my Grammy and Grandpa are from on my dad's side, and getting ready for this interview inspired me to call them up and ask them what region of OK they're from. It had never occurred to me to ask before. Also, I never really explored my roots musically. I've only ever borrowed or stolen from other cultures, so it was really refreshing to play something that I could claim even a little bit. So, Trisha and Howard, I want to thank you specifically for that. And Grammy and Grandpa, I hope you like these tunes. Stick around after the interview, and I'll tell you how to get Spencer and Rain's new album and book, The Skeleton Keys. I got to hear a few tracks from it while preparing for this episode, and it's beautiful. Especially this tune, Miller Boy, gets me every time. Like, choked up. Let's get started. I'm beyond proud to share my interview and jam with the inimitable Spencer and Rain's. Enjoy. Thank you. 
<laughs> awesome. Uh, Trisha Spencer and Howard Rains, yep. welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Thanks. It's good to and be here. Welcome to the Hamlin Street Diner in D.C. Thanks, Hamlin Street Diner. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're doing this uh, live, and uh, people are going to trickle in before your uh, official concert starts. So I thought this would be a nice way for... Um, people to get settled and stuff beforehand mm -hmm. and uh when i asked you guys about um being on the show you said we'd like to do kansas oklahoma mm -hmm. and texas tunes yeah. and i think you said something along the lines of we'd like to do tunes that we do for fun like not necessarily our performance repertoire. Yes. Right. Yeah. Kitchen music. Your kitchen music. Very yeah. good. That's what the show is all about. So yeah. So maybe this will give people a chance to like hear what you do when you're not playing for specifically an audience. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's the name of that first tune? That was uh, Judge Parker take these shackles off of me. Oh man, <laughs> that's such a good title. Uh, is there like a story behind that at all? Or well, uh, I think Judge Parker was a. A hanging judge in Arkansas, I believe, in the Ozarks, and was known to be quick to hang a person. Yeah. So, there's a few <laughs> tunes named after him. Interesting. But that's yeah. an that's an Oklahoma version. It comes from Dick Hutchison. Very good. From Disney, Oklahoma. He's like one of our favorite fiddlers. Just and uh, since we come from Kansas and Texas, and we spend so much time in Oklahoma driving through there. Between mm -hmm. the states, we kind of claim all of those fiddlers as well. Yeah, very good. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you both from Texas originally? No. no uh -uh. Where are you from? I'm from Kansas. You're from you're from Kansas, and I'm from Texas, and yeah. you're from Texas. Yes. Very good. Okay. Howard yeah. says his his family has been in Texas ever since it was a country. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, I mean, my family's been in Kansas and since since 18... it was a country. <laughs> well, since 1850. I mean, they're yeah, still on yeah. the same farmstead that they they bought back in 1850. My my grandparents are still there. The, That's been passed down. There was a, a family dispute in Kentucky and on Larue, the Spencer line, Larue County, Larue County, Kentucky, and they, they so they were. One branch decided they were heading off to California, and they started their way out there and got stuck in a snowstorm in Leavenworth, Leavenworth Kansas. And um, they were giving away land cheap and decided to stay. My family took a large like swath of land out in Big Springs, Kansas, which is just a little outside of Lawrence. And like I said, they are still there. Still. Now, I, you don't have to answer this. But I, I'm very curious what the dispute was about. <laughs> I think it was. It might have been something related to a divorce, a divorce or something I like think, that. Is what I've Which heard. you know, back in the yeah, that's a bigger deal century. back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a yeah. big deal. Yeah, and yeah, better go to the other side of the country. <laughs> right. So they made it as far as Kansas, got stuck in a, a snowstorm, yeah. and stayed. Uh, and uh, so my grandpa, because the this story actually leads into the next tune. Uh, he was born back in the 1921 mm -hmm. and um, learned how to play fiddle and learned how to play fiddle from some old men in our area as well as other like family musicians. And um, when he was about 18 years old, he was courting a young woman and said that if you want to marry me, 
um, you have to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> and so she did learn how to play guitar and they got married and had three kids, which was my dad and his brother and sister, and they all played music. And uh, when I was growing up, it seemed like a very natural thing to do to um, play the fiddle. So. He, he must have been a catch then. My grandpa? <laughs> yeah. He caught my grandma. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, I don't know. Goodness. And yeah. so that's actually where I've, I've grown up in the tradition ever since I was born. I just thought everybody played music. And, yeah. And so he, he taught me a whole bunch of tunes, and we used to do contest fiddling. And um, when I finally beat him in the contest at about the age of 12, he sent me across the river to a better fiddler, and I learned tunes from him. So Although right better... On. Better as in contest fiddling. Uh, yeah, yes. It's, a, it's all a matter yeah. of perspective of what yeah. better is. So. However, the the man that she learned from later, Amos Chase, even though he was a contest fiddler, he was definitely an old-style fiddler. He was not like a, you know, a, a, he wasn't a really flashy fiddler, even though he was mm -hmm. a good, solid Midwest-style contest fiddler. Yeah. So, so anyway uh we recently howard has been collecting texas tunes probably for like the last 15 years yeah, where that. he's been trying to dig up old tunes that would have disappeared had had he not dug them up and then yeah. sent them back into the world and so when we met it was a kind of made sense to me that i needed to start digging in kansas and we ended up getting a bunch of reel-to-reels from my family and then going through those and pulling out my grandpa's tune and so this next one i'm going to play is one that was in his repertoire, but we have we don't know what the name of it is, and we've kind of sent it around, and um, folks have said, well, it sounds a little 8th of January-ish, but it's not his 8th of January, because yeah. he clearly had one, and so because we don't have a title for this now, we just name it after uh, the place where he lived, which was Big Springs. Very so. good, very good. Well, it's gonna take me just a minute to, to get to, to D, two. but then, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, I'm there, I'm in D. <laughs> Thank you. 
fun. Thanks for <laughs> <laughs> really good. Really good. Um, so, uh, how, how did you get into playing old time tunes? I'll, I'll take the guitar. You talk. I'll, yeah. <laughs> well, um, my family's always been playing music as well, though different than what Trisha's family played. They were singing songs and playing more what I would call parlor music. Yeah. Waltzes and uh, polkas and things like that. And um, so I, I definitely grew up around lots of different folk styles and, and heard a lot of different stuff as I was growing up. And I guess in my 20s, I just started hearing more fiddle music and got really interested in it and started learning from a few uh, people down in Austin where I was living at the time and just to clarify when did you start playing f violin like oh the instrument? like third grade maybe okay okay but then I quit for many years and then picked it up when I inherited uh, my family fiddles okay right and uh, in fact both of us play family instruments and family bows and there's cool stories there too um, so basically that's it, you know, I just, it just sort of evolved over time into, to playing fiddle music and, you know, trying to find connections to the music and, and, and getting more into this early Texas stuff. And, and, uh, as that got known, people started just piling more and more on me to where I, uh, like source recordings. Source recordings yeah. of old of old fiddlers. fiddlers or the the few fiddlers that I did run across who played yeah. sort of an older style. And uh, that's basically how it happened. Wonderful. Yeah. The first, probably the first like source recordings I really got into is um, I had a friend give me all of the tunes from uh, like Slippery Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, he had like... He downloaded the recordings mm -hmm. and stuff because uh, you can download them from the site. Everyone support the site. Don't just <laughs> just, just leech on them. Larry Warren's doing a cool thing, but uh, so I just like was just sort of on shuffle listening to those, and then the ones that the guy who kept catching my interest over and over again was Eck Robertson um, because he for a couple reasons. One was because I think it's his um, one of those recordings is with a piano, and I had just never heard like piano mm -hmm. backup to film mm -hmm. music before because I'm very new to this music. And then uh, he also loves to uh, do, he goes, uh, I'm in the wrong tinium, but it, in uh, Grigsky's hornpipe and in Lost Indian, he kind of goes, <laughs> like that. And I always just like thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and then I could also just tell that there's something I couldn't put my finger on. There's something different like, I didn't know he was from Texas, but I was like, this is like a different tradition. And I was wondering if you could, you guys could sort of shed some light on what is different about um, the region of fiddle music that you guys play. Well, talking about Texas and Eck Robertson, I think you can kind of hear a transition happening from an Appalachian style and, and what filtered down through Appalachian and came into Texas and kind of... Uh, what be, what later became Texas contest style, or what today is Texas contest style, and he's one of those transitional fiddlers, who you can still hear the older styles in, but you can hear it changing. 
You can hear some more longbow fiddling and some... But still hear the pulsing yeah. and mm-hmm. the rhythmic style behind it that mm-hmm. I, I think of Some of the alternate tunings. tunings. Um, and some of those places that disappeared, like in Kansas, the alternate tunings kind of later disappeared mm. um, because of, kind of mainly because of contest fiddling, because you weren't really allowed to retune. Oh, really? But, yeah, yeah, not in the contest. Not in the contest. You, and 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 if you had a crooked tune, it wasn't you. It would be considered breaking time. time. So. so a lot of the crooked tunes and a lot of the alternate tunings kind of disappeared from a lot of fiddlers. As a matter of fact, a lot of old like scratchy fiddlers that had like archaic tunes kind of stopped pulling their fiddle out and playing because uh, those those kind of tunes and those kind of fiddlers really wouldn't win a contest. Interesting. So interesting. And contest fiddling has been really big in the development of fiddling in the Midwest and in Texas. So there is, even though there are differences between Texas and Kansas, uh, there are similarities, a lot of similarities. And kind of the connecting glue is actually the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where you really hear what connects Midwest fiddling to Texas fiddling is in Oklahoma, this, which is why we get a lot of our tunes from those three states because yeah. that's like that's our home very good yeah, yeah it's it, it's really interesting especially tr- trying to join in on banjo like i i get the impression maybe this is incorrect that banjo wasn't as uh, as um important in that region of fiddle playing as like uh kentucky or in Appalachian, other Appalachian stuff. What do you? Well, it, it was important, but it, it definitely wasn't like uh, banjo fiddle duets were a little bit different. And I think partly because it seemed like in the Midwest, bluegrass kind of took over. And so yeah. banjo players kind of put away the claw hammer style right. in place to do three finger scrug style. So my grandpa and my dad, who was a very good three finger style player, actually sat around and played lots of fiddle banjo stuff. Yeah. But I have to say the thing that it seems like that I grew up with that maybe is definitely different than Appalachian kind of style is like the double guitar stuff, which was really seemed to be prominent in the Midwest. And I, I don't yeah. know if we got recordings of Texas, but you know, the fiddlers love to have the two guitars as a backup. And, um, and I still to this day, that's, that's, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's all fun, but yeah. uh, that's a... How do you, like, how would the guitars play? Would they play the same thing? Or yep. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Like, they, just sort of flanking the fiddle? Yeah, yeah. yeah and they would could, match bass they would, What do we, I forgot even what we call it. They the call mis- it the Missouri, Missouri headphones. headphones. You put, yeah. a guitar, <laughs> you put a guitar player on each side. You know, and, and you know, out east, you know, the guitar players, they kind of get nervous when there's more guitar players yeah, in the yeah, GM, yeah. and they're like, maybe I should tune different, you know, because yeah. they're wanting to fill these registers and, like, and no, stuff. No, 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 exactly the same. <laughs> and you get them right next to there, and they do these bass runs, and, um, you know, I know we're doing a podcast, but I get so excited mm-hmm. about that sound that I could literally pee my pants. It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and so we try to do that. We both play that same style of guitar, and we try to do that sometimes for fiddlers although they they never say thank you so they must not like it (laughs) i want to speak real quickly on banjo in texas though because there were there's some great recordings of fiddle banjo duets and it was it was a bigger deal a long time ago but again with the advent of contest fiddling and um uh sort of the the swing chords that started coming into texas fiddling 
there was really no place for a five string banjo. But there were great claw hammer banjo players, Red Steely, the Redheaded Fiddlers. It's a fiddle and banjo duet. It's amazing. There's some incredible um, uh, recordings of a banjo player named J.D. Dillingham down in Austin who played with uh, a lot of folks um, down there. Library of Congress recordings made in the 30s with incredible um, fiddle and banjo. In fact, one of the tunes we'll play later the source recording of Ladies Fancy is fiddle and banjo duet. Very good. Yeah. Well, uh, should we play the next uh, D tune? And then yeah. I want to ask you guys about how you met. And I want to okay. hear that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I like love stories on this, <laughs> this podcast. I don't get enough of them. We'll both have to tune here. Nice uh, being able to tune for a podcast because. Uh, you can tune as long as you want. Yeah. <laughs> edit it out. Yeah. Uh, I like watching you guys tune. It's like, because you, you bring out like the little tuning forks, like you were doing that earlier, and like, just like listening to each other, you're not using micro tuners. Like, yeah, it's like kind of fascinating to watch like how it's actually supposed to happen. Well, it's, um, I, I think that tuners, like electronic tuners have their place. Yeah. And and are really useful tools but one of the things and i really learned this from trisha is to actually practice tuning just like you practice playing music yeah so we actually spend time just practicing tuning well and kind of like the heart of our double fiddling if one of them's just slightly out it uh it makes not only us miserable but everybody else around (laughs) you know there's something pretty sweet when two fiddles are in tune and you're intonating because there's a resonance that resonance that actually seems to happen that's not just the fiddles and stuff and so it's uh pretty pathetic when we're not in tune (laughs) we uh we we'd like to do do do-overs Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's happened before. Yes. You know, in front of people. <laughs> Hopefully it won't happen tonight. So we were talking a little bit about the connecting glue of Midwest and Texas fiddling being Oklahoma fiddling, and we're going to do this tune from the great Oklahoma fiddler Earl Collins. And he moved out to California, and um, a great musician named Tom Sauber learned a lot from him. Um, and I first heard this tune from Tom Sauber called Miller Boy and it's kind of become one of our favorites to play.
It's a really beautiful team. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, so joyful. Yeah. Take them to church. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, on that note, <laughs> how did you guys meet? Fall in love. Wow. Well, we met five years ago, and uh, the crazy thing about that, like in meeting you today, realizing that you've spent uh, time at places with various people all over the world and still never met. For example, I've never met you, and you've been at Clifftop. We've been camping together, yeah. all muddy, dirty, all of that yeah. stuff. But and we've never met. Never met. You probably um, smelled me. <laughs> never met me. Um, so the same thing, kind of similar with Howard and I. Um, we've been in the old-time community for quite a long time and had a great number of friends, uh, mutual friends, and never knew each other existed. I, I realized after the fact that I had followed Howard's YouTube channel because he had old fiddlers on there and I had mm -hmm. used one of those YouTube videos to learn a tune actually but didn't know who this Howard Rains was at all and um, so we've uh, definitely lived these parallel lives well you know I, I wasn't actually really known so much as even a fiddle player when I would go to Clifftop I would just draw people and paint them and so a lot of people didn't even know I played fiddle there, and uh, and I, I'm kind of, I was kind of a tune hoarder. I, I would hoard these Texas tunes, but I wouldn't really play them, and I hadn't recorded them or anything. And uh, so we were at I was at I was booked to play at this little festival in East Texas, and and Trisha's band was booked to play there that same weekend, and I didn't know who her band was or who she was, and. Um, the day after my performance, I was walking up this little hill, and and I can tell a fiddler just by the way they sound. You know, I, I know generally, I recognize the people I know, their style, and I heard this fiddle player playing, and it was really intense, and I had never heard that particular fiddler before. And as I walked up, I saw it was it was her. I didn't know who she was, but so I sat and watched for a little while and then she started a tune that I knew and I just joined in and we started playing for the rest of that night and kind of been playing ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, how it started. Well, it, it, there are some funnier moments. For example, uh, that was like my first time to ever be in Texas and uh, Howard didn't even really know where Kansas was. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it was directly north of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, that's that's, that's basically basically how we met. We started uh, trying to figure out how we make a long distance uh, relationship work between the two states, and uh, little by little, Howard quit his day job, and um, uh, we d ended up doing this now as a living. So it's about the only way that we can remain flexible enough to take care of our kids and yeah. and do what we love we got so. four kids between us yeah yeah so it's it's quite a crew do uh, they do they love hate or love hate old-time music i'd say they all love old-time music they do they really I mean, do they, our boys are uh, they play pretty well you know. We got a guitar player and a fiddler between the two boys, mm -hmm. and then my oldest daughter, who's now out of the house, 
She um pretty good bass player and probably a pretty good singer, but she's still too nervous to do that. And then the youngest one, even though she's not taken up anything, uh, she is such like an old time festival kid, has her own family and, and posse that she hangs yeah. with at festivals. But um, she seems to already have a knack of singing. It, it's just going to take... very good ear. Very good ear yeah. on pitches and stuff, but it hasn't really taken to an instrument. She has a little red ukulele, but you uh-huh. know, uh, not really playing it. So I'm always curious because I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to be the kind of dad who like... Um, uh, ruins music <laughs> for your or, kids. Or, or whatever I'm interested whatever a dad is interested in like you know I don't want to like ruin it for right. <laughs> for my kids yeah. you know uh, so I, I'm always asking like old time parents or like or people who grew up playing old time music you know like how what was that like mm-hmm. like um, how do you do it without uh, I don't know it seems like it's, it's sometimes the kids like never pick up an instrument and then they like become an adult and then all of a sudden they're just like superstars. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can always use the Appalachian Suzuki method. Oh yeah? Yeah. Which is, you just say, don't you touch that fiddle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, uh, There's Ra- so many stories. Of that. <laughs> Rachel, Eddie's, that, Rachel Eddie, that's her story. Is uh-huh. it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah just put it under the bed and say, "Don't ever look at this. Don't touch. Don't don't even know that this is in yeah. the house." And all right, I guess I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. I forget what we were doing next. The A tune. Yeah, I got a tune. I got to get to A. Okay, okay, here we go. And then all of a sudden. I've tried to set that up a few times, that joke, and I always forget to say, we're in tune! <laughs> <laughs> I just forget. <laughs> this time. Do, do you want to talk about this tune before or after or at all? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? We're doing Cash. Right? Cash Cursey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, cash Cursey. Cash Cursey. So yeah. are we in tune? I'm in tune. I'm We're in tune. tune. Well, oh, I, <laughs> I was trying to give it to you here. <laughs> we just like lobbed it right to you. This is too many things to think about. All right. Okay, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it now. Okay, you just pretend like you're tuning. And we're in tune. <laughs> Great. Uh. Worth it. Oh my god. Okay. Cash Cursey. Cash Cursey. Yeah. So just briefly, we'll just I'll just say about this that in in meeting Howard, uh, we started digging around Kansas and found an old fiddler that was born in the 1880s, and he had a interesting number of tunes. They were on an aluminum disc and then later digitized. And talk about um, piano playing. His daughter uh, was an incredible Midwest piano backup. And so Bert was an old man. And from what I understand, he probably was a like um, friend of my grandpa's as well. So this is a nice uh, A tune from Bert Payne. And the title of it is called Cash Cursey, which we... Bert, Bert was from Hill City, Kansas? Kansas, yeah. yeah. We assume the title is maybe a person's name, but uh, we don't Cause know. Because it's with a K, not with a C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is Cash Percy. Thank you. 
I almost got away from me. <laughs> me too. I did get away from me. Cash Percy. Very cool. Yeah. A bluesy number. Mm, yeah. What's next on the list? Uh, Want to so play this... Cotton Eye Joe this time? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what old X says at the beginning of the recording. That's really how Howard won me over. Not with his fiddling, but it's with his fiddler impressionations. Fiddler impressions. That came out all wrong. <laughs> I, like to, uh, I like to impersonate fiddlers at the beginning of their recordings we do do we do any jack gage we didn't do any of his. oh we didn't do any jack gage can you do night. jack gage <laughs> this is jack gage you're playing i was born 1876 <coughs> september the 9th <laughs> i have to play some jack gage <laughs> that's a good fiddler right all right here's a little cotton eye joe Thank you. 
Yeah. You should talk about what tuning you're in. It's not very Oh, normal. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a few tunes in uh, this E tuning, even though the tune is in A, but it's a E, D, A, E. Mm. Did I do that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you doing that just out of necessity? No, oh, that's the way Eck played it. He plays in that tuning too? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't make it up. You had several in that. I don't know of very many in that tuning. Yeah, I got a f well, I got a couple in this tuning. Yeah. I mean, and and get up in the cools in this tuning. Oh, as well. very good. Mm -hmm. oh, I've been just playing it out across. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I should learn it that way. Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the way it's the way he was tuned for it. Interesting. We should talk about our fiddles while you had this one. We brought yeah. we brought three of them with us. We um, a friend of ours gave us this big massive case. It's a big which, quad case. A, a it big holds quad four. Case. For uh, fiddles, we oh. brought three. And so Howard rolls up his clothes and puts it in the other. <laughs> it's, it's all the storage space he it's gets. It's so cumbersome and unwieldy. We uh, have nicknamed it Quadzilla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, we 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 had been touring just with the two two main ones, which is the one Howard's holding right now. That's in the E tuning, and then mine. But this other fiddle over here that we brought that was in like uh, the D Dad tuning with, for Miller Boy is. Um, one of our favorite fiddles and we normally leave it at home but since we have this nice big case now we brought it with us but um the d-dad fiddle and the one howard just played uh came from his family um it came from my great grandfather the that's an old uh matthias niner from 1765 uh, that my great grandfather got for my grandfather then this one that i'm playing now was made for my great-grandfather in 1913 in Dallas, Texas, by a man named F.A. Sennett, Frank Sennett. And then mine, um, my grandpa passed away in 1993, and when he died, you know, the guy who taught me how to fiddle, he, um, he had 80 fiddles that he had collected throughout his lifetime. And, of course, <laughs> he had his favorite, and that was the contest fiddle and the one that he played all the time, and that's the one that I play all the time as well. And in his second fiddle, he had a gas station and um, used to buy Cracker Jacks. And in Cracker Jacks, you know, there those sometimes you get the surprise. And Wait, don't you get one every time, or is it just every <laughs> once in a while? No, I think you always do. Okay. But sometimes, <laughs> when you're lucky, you get a sticker. And so my grandpa used to take those stickers out of the Cracker Jacks and he put it on that second fiddle that I used to have. <laughs> so it was lined with stickers. But so That's anyway, awesome. my grandma gave me about 10 of his fiddles, but um, my main fiddle is just like this factory German fiddle, but I could, I could never replace it just because yeah, it yeah. was his, you know. But it's so. a real canon, that's for yeah. sure. And when Trisha and I met, I was playing on my grandfather's bow. Actually, the real story is that this bow was broken in half back in the 1950s and went missing. And I was helping my dad clean out his attic, and, and I found these two bow pieces. And, and he said, that's the lost family bow. And so I took it to a luthier, and, and he put it back together for me. And, and it plays great. But I didn't like it too much because it was too heavy for me. So, um, so I let Trisha start playing with it, and she likes it a lot. So I needed a bow, and I went to the violin shop where Trisha was working as a luthier, and I laid out all the bows in front of me and played every single one of them. And I picked one bow out, and I took it to Trisha, and I said, this is the bow I want. And she said, that was my grandpa's bow. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, she had sold it to the shop, so I had to buy her grandpa's bow. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that's some like Harry Potter. I know. Stuff. Yeah, that's the awesome. Bow chooses you. Well, the, the funny thing even about your broken bow that Howard tells about is that for years he had the broken bow around and gave it to his son, and his son was sword fighting with these two broken bow pieces. <laughs> still, still works. It, it still so. works. They grafted it back together. It's I'm great. Take that guitar from you. Oh. Because we're gonna do. And we're gonna do get up in the cool. Okay. Yep. Okay. It seemed sort of, I don't know if cliche is the right word to do get up in the cool on this sh show, but... Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, we should just, do it. Yeah. We're just corny. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, it's a great tune, and, and we've actually recently recorded this one for this, uh, we, we're making this book of collaborative art where we're illustrating each tune and song um, and it just happens to have a CD that goes along with it. It happens to have a okay. CD that, that has a beautiful piece of artwork on the CD yeah. itself, which can then be used as a coaster. Yes. And you, yeah, and just to clarify, you guys did all the work. And right. you were just showing me these earlier, Howard. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Trisha, you kind of do like these sort of like arabesque style like borders yep. like around mm -hmm. all of them and you do the watercolors that's right and you did the cd face with yes. the little skeleton keys yes, yes. That's exactly your band. right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's it um yeah they're they're really beautiful i don't really like understand how like uh you guys sound so good and your visual art's so good and you're all usually if those two things were true, you guys would be just like awful people or something. <laughs> it's like hard to find people who are just like really lovely to talk to and hang out with. And um, I don't know, like you have really beautiful stories. And I, I just I just love that uh, you guys aren't just, I mean, I'm an, uh, a late adopter to old time music, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, uh, and a lot of people are like me, they're just com now coming to it. And it's really like, um, beautiful to see that you guys have been staying in your sort of regions for so long and like are kind of loyal to it like in your families and in your in the music that you play and um, I see that as like not like oh man I don't have culture but more as like oh maybe I have the opportunity to like instill some of that in like my like future generations and like I think that's what's really cool about the music um, is that it it encourages being in the same place at the same time, at least until like uh, they can figure out the internet situation to have no left. Right. <laughs> and see, and then and then all uh, all then old time will die. <laughs> or something. I, don't know. I don't think it will. Well, but that's the thing that we love about this actually is that it's multi generational. Yeah. I mean, how many times can you sit next to somebody who's nine that plays these fiddle tunes, yeah. and then yet on the other side, somebody who's ninety nine who plays these fiddle tunes yeah. and and it's just this common ground and we think the more people who play it and love it it we're all better off so yeah it's gonna make the party bigger yes mm -hmm. yeah um thanks so much and i'll give more explicit details on how to how to find uh your your book and cd yeah in okay. the, in the outro yeah. we um, we enjoy having you having you meet with us here and and do the podcast so. thanks hamlin street diner mm -hmm. Follow, uh, Ham follow Hamlin Street Diner on, uh, on Facebook. Come out to their shows. Um, this is a really lovely uh, space, and it sounds really good. Mm -hmm. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so... Let's play a little Get Up in the Cool. Get Up in the Cool.
sure you want to hear more Spencer and Reigns, here's how. Go to spencerandreigns.com, click the store tab, and buy their new book and CD, The Skeleton Keys. If you order it before the end of July 2017, shipping is free. Also, while you're there, buy all their CDs, DVDs, and original artwork. Then click the tour tab, see if they're coming through your town anytime soon. Their recorded work is awesome, but there's this visceral feeling when you're in the same room as their twin fiddling and I mean that literally, I have a physical reaction in my gut. I get butterflies. It would be uncomfortable if it weren't so gorgeous. How's that for a review? Please go give them money for all the things they do. They profoundly deserve it. After you're done with that, if you like this show and want me to keep making it, the best way to let me know is to support Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. And a bunch of folks did just that this last week. Armand Armin, Chris Lansing, and Cindy Richardson Thank you so much for keeping the lights on, so to speak. There's actually a significant emotional overhead to spending so much time editing in my basement, and uh, your support makes it a lot more affordable. Also, way to rise above the voyeuristic culture of the internet and make your presence known, especially in such a generous way. Most people just anonymously consume stuff when it's free, but you obviously thought about me and imagined how much work it must take to make this show. That means a lot. Thank you so much. If you want to follow the example of Armand, Chris, and Cindy, go to CameronDewitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. There's a bunch of different levels at which you can support Get Up in the Cool, all with different rewards like shoutouts on the show, bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, and online banjo workshops. You can even become an official sponsor and I'll plug your business or website. Make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook and share as many posts as you can, especially this episode. I really want people to buy the skeleton keys. 
You can find links for everything I mentioned in the episode description on your podcatching app or Get Up In The Cool's Facebook page or the show's blog, camerydewitt.com slash getupinthecool. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week for more Get Up In The Cool.